Blog Talk Radio. You are now tuned in to the Nightly Wind Down with Mia, Javon, Andrew on OnePurposeRadio.com. Hey, 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 what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Nia, Nia Javon Andrews with One Purpose Magazine. I am here once again for another show that just pops up out of nowhere. I have no consistency, and I probably should establish some. And I have to redo that intro. Um, I haven't decided if I'm going to do nights. I have fun doing those, so I'm not sure yet, but we'll see. We'll see. So today I am dropping an article, and... The article is titled, How to Restore Joy. Let me make sure that that's the right title. (laughs) How do you restore joy? That's what I'm calling it. How do you restore joy? So I kind of ask a rhetorical question using the title, and I go on in the article to explain how um, creating an uh, inner dwelling for your faith system and starting there and then understanding that the body, the components of the emotional state and the mental state, so your, psycho- uh, your psychology and your emotions, your chemical balances, how that plays a part, your physical being, how that plays a part. And then I go into talking about connectedness and how being connected plays a part into fueling um, how you feel about really really yourself and, and how you um, exert certain, certain hormones when you get feelings of making others happy and all of those good things. And I think that that release is called endorphins and it's called like the help hormone or something like that. It's in the article. I wrote about it. <laughs> but I... I've been holding off on putting this article out because I've just been trying to make sense of it for myself because we all go through, right? It's it's normal for us to go through feelings and emotions when we're growing. And so as much as I loathe this phase of my life, I uh, understand it completely because I'm, I'm transitioning um, into a higher form of myself. And I'm grateful for that. But in that moment, you know, you have to, it's a battle, you know, you, you are at war, you are at, with yourself, because you're, you're evaluating and analyzing everything that you've put out, all the critiques that you have gotten, the growth process is, is a battle, because, you know, you realize that there were some things that you did that you weren't completely happy about, and there were things that you said, but then at the same time, you're wondering if the things that you did resonate. I mean, it's just a mental battle that we go through. And if you've ever elevated or grown, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Uh, you just feel this feeling that it almost feels like depression, like you're in this depressing, depressing state, but then you have this reminder in the back of your head that constantly tells you you are exactly where you dream to be wanted to be and should be. Um, All the things that you accomplished, you've accomplished. All the things that didn't work, you learned from. So you always have this spiritual reminder with you 
that uh, helps you move forward and propel through feeling down and depressed. And it's a battle, you know. You, you If you understand it, if you know what I'm talking about, if you've been there, you understand that it's a battle that you can't, you can't get stuck in the downside of it. You have to include the upside of it because you understand that on the other side, once you get through it, it is going to be good, right? And so in that process of transitioning from the self-examining and some of the loathing and some of the figuring it out, you just wonder, like, how can I feel happy again? Because I have to ask this. Walking away and leaving a portion of your life, preparing to leave, going up, elevating, going into what you have dreamed about going through. See, this is the kind of stuff that successful people don't talk about, the process, right? You grieve a lot of the things that you have to leave behind. You you comfort sometimes. It's, it's comfort. It's knowing that something is going to be there. A lot of times, like, let's say, for example, that you have worked in corporate America and now you're going to a place where you are going to elevate and have your own staff and your own uh, team and all of these, the offices and things like that. I mean, you grieve the comfort of not having all of that responsibility, and you begin to second-guess yourself, like, do I really want to do this? It's a process that you go through, and it is normal. Uh, It's growing is not easy. That's why a lot of people don't do it. That's why a lot of people find themselves in the same place they were when they were in their young adulthood, uh, when you get older. You're like, all I've done is worked. I haven't really accomplished much. It's it's because growing is hard, Um, and it is a grieving process that goes along with growth that we have to embrace and understand that it's there. And so I say all that to say, um, when you are growing, you get to a place where you're like, okay, I've gone through this process. What do I do to restore the joy that I once felt about the things that I desired, the things that I wanted? And so I, I think that we call it sometimes that when we're growing a moment of isolation, that isolation can get the best of you. So you have to begin to do your work to come out of that. And you have to, I believe, I believe, begin to attribute some of the things that I talk about in this article, you know, a lot of the self-evaluation about who you are, where you are, so that you can set the boundaries, so that you can begin to connect connect to the right people and doing the right things and becoming of service to others again. Things that that fuels us, that helps us be at peace and find joy find the joy within us, I should say, because I talk about in the article how joy is not external, it's internal. So um, doing those things that I talk about in the article can help uh, help you restore joy once you've gone through that process of growing, right? So I was reading an article. Laura, I kind of, okay, all right, I won't lie. I skimmed an article. <laughs> I was in a rush to get my kids to school, so I didn't get a chance to really read it, and now I can't find it. And I'm going to look for it after I finish this show. But the article was saying how a lot of us 
in America and the American culture now, we are focused on individualism, where we disconnect. Actually, it was talking about uh, it was talking about how the days the the days of going to church is over with. Let me see if I can pull it up. On uh, online, um, I believe it was in the Atlantic, but uh, yeah, I think it was this one. What happens when Americans stop going to church? And so it was talking about how church was once a community that people embraced, and um, now people are more focused on individualism. And it also mentioned how a lot of people are dropping away from Christianity. Um, that's not my conversation for today, although it's a deep conversation, but what it, and, and I think it's a worthwhile conversation to have, but what it got me to thinking about is the, the, this idea of individualism and doing it on your own and achieving and accomplishing and detaching yourself. I, I, I've talked about this in a lot of my other writings, but disassociating yourself from community and things uh, with community involvement. And uh, I, I think that's so necessary. I talked about in my book that I just wrote in Compassion Report and how we have to get back to that. So I like to, I I am excited about seeing other writers kind of dig into this from various perspectives because I do believe that it's something that is missing that we don't have that connection anymore. And I did note in the comment sections of that article how. They were saying people are finding other ways to um, gather and be in a community. And I, I see some of that. <laughs> I see some of that, but I don't see uh, as much as it used to happen in previous generations. And I even noticed it with the young adults, you know, that they don't group, they don't go go out together you know, a lot of them stay kind of isolated in their own spaces and do their own thing. And it kind of concerns me because I think that a lot of my experiences and really safety came from being in in a group setting and hanging around my peers. Uh, you know, it was probably sometimes I didn't need that type of setting when it was time to grow, <laughs> you know. But... Um, and it's, and it's hurtful to grow beyond those groups. It's painful, but that's life. You have to embrace those times. That's and, and, and like I said, that's life. But that doesn't mean, I don't think that that means that we should just do away with community and coming together as um, different communities with like-mindedness and supporting one another and having a, a, a place for understanding um, individual values and ideas and gifts and things like that. It's it's an interesting place, I think, that we're in, and I think it's, it is a good time for us to learn and understand why connectedness is so important. Um, I work with data, death data, and I am certain that a lot of the issues that stem from the premature injuries or the premature deaths, I'm certain that 
there will be psychologists that says that intervention for the prevention would be some type of community uh, community involvement, um, whether it's suicide deaths or whether it is, uh, you know, some type of violent act triggered by a mental health problem, which is a whole other conversation that can have an argument and debate with it <laughs> that I am not willing to go through or go to. But understanding that individuals are isolated in their own environments with their own thoughts and they're not um, challenged or the person does not feel a connectedness. And so those inner thoughts can dwell. You know, all of that is a problem, and I'm sure a psychologist would come in and say that connectedness could have helped. Um, but like I said, I talked about this in my book, Compassion Reporting for Journalists, um, you know, just to allow us to be an instrument of bringing people back together using journalism. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm for all hands on deck, so <laughs> whatever that may be, whether it's entertainment, news reporting, uh, radio talk, whatever it is, whatever it is that brings us together, you know, I'm down for it. So I have 90 more seconds to chat with you all. I just wanted to drop in and do my spiel on my new article that we'll be posting to the website. I hope you all can go, will go and check it out and support or, or um you know, leave a comment. That's always helpful. Share it on your social media pages. That's always helpful. Generate a conversation around a topic of of what does individualism look like in this world that we're in. I call it a new world post the pandemic. Um, so how do we reshape the type of world that we want to live in collectively? Do we want to be these individuals who feel like we just have to make it to our on our own and have um, hoard success to ourselves, or do we want to be a collective community that share with, with each other, amongst each other, our gifts and our talents and have a sense of values in our community? So I think that's worth talking about. It's a conversation that I believe needs to permeate the social media atmosphere in our smaller communities and atmospheres. So check it out. It's at OnePurposeMagazine.com. I'm about to hit share right now so we can go live. Until next time, I'll holler at you all. Peace.